What is up, everyone? This is Keith from BizBody, and today we have Greg Mack on the show talking about in-person sales. We're going to go over a very specific way in order for you to set the tone and frame of people in your environment to establish lifelong professional relationships with or to see if they're even a prospect and what is the difference between a prospect and a suspect and many other things. So as we're going to go through this specific process, by the end of this show, you're going to have a framework in order to meet people to see whether or not they need your help. If there's anyone that could utilize this type of show, an in-person personal trainer or any other professional that you would like to share this with, please do. And to learn more about Greg Mack, go to exerciseproed.com. The link will be in the show notes. And so will be a PDF file with the framework that we're discussing on the show. So let's get to it. What is sales and what is not sales in your definition? Mm, Yeah, so... It's a problem, right? Yuck usually is one of the words that people think of because uh, we do a interesting exercise I've done, you know, to people around the world, really, uh, in the courses um, live uh, where we talk about, you know, what is what defines a salesman? What words do you use to describe mm-hmm. a salesperson? And they're essentially negative. They're all negative. Uh, and, and so um, it doesn't look like anyone really looks upon the sales process being in a sales situation or being a salesperson in any positive light. And this is, un, this is very unfortunate, right? So mm-hmm. we've tried to come up with um, a way to, th- to think and behave in, in a, in a transaction where two people um, that are really strangers to each other, uh, try to figure out whether or not any, any money should be um, transferred for a product or service or, or something else. Right. So well, there was, there was a really cool story that we were talking about before we started recording. Can you talk about that scenario that you had um, with uh, someone who's trying to exercise by themselves? Can you talk about that scenario? Yeah, I mean, I I have a a practice that primarily solves, you know, problems, motor control, motor output problems, pain and dysfunction to help people move better. Right. And so, you know, I've been working with uh, this young this young kid for a little while um, and on and off. uh, He's a hockey player and wants to be a sees himself as an athlete um, and wants to be an athlete, wants to be a great hockey player, you know, get a scholarship um, to go to college and play and then eventually get to the pros. This is his, this is his goal. And, you know, he's been working out and he's been hiring trainers. He's been in group settings. And I just recently, you know, reconnected with him again. He was having some hip issues and, and hurt his AC joint somehow um, and so he was telling me that, you know, uh, he's got a new workout program that a uh, strength conditioning coach had kind of written for him. Uh, it's in Excel. They sent him the Excel spreadsheet and uh, there's a facility uh, right up the street from, from my clinic office um, where he does this. And as I'm asking him about it, uh, he says, that, yeah, when I go there, nobody else is there. It's just me. And I'm like, really? You're the only person in the whole place? You know, this is a large, you know, pole barn, you know, probably six, 8,000 square feet turf on it, weights and stuff on one end nets, you know, they let people come in there and play baseball and football and all kinds of games. So he's in there by himself in the dark ghost town working out. Right. So I said, well, I want to see this workout. I want to see, you know, kind of what you're, what you're doing. Um, Cause he was complaining about his hips and his legs when he does back squats and, you know, I saw him back squat and I realized he 
probably shouldn't be back squatting or has to modify what he's doing pretty significantly um, just because of his structural anatomy. So I just went over there to watch him, watch him do this workout. And he's just trying to figure this workout by himself, you know, what the hanging cleans are and how to hook up the rubber bands to the back squat. And, you know, he doesn't, he's trying to figure this out. Right. And, and um, I'm asking him, you know, while he's kind of doing this, well, why are you doing this? And what are you thinking about when you do this? And um, how did you choose the weights that you're using? And he really had no idea. Um, he was really <laughs> guessing it. He was, he was winging it, you know, he's doing hang, hanging clean. And I'm like, so what do you think about when you do this hanging clean? And he's like, I don't know. I, I don't want to think about anything. I'm just trying to get the bar up to my shoulders. And I go, that's what you're thinking about. Okay. At least you're thinking about something, but um, are you thinking about your legs and what they're doing? Or he's like, no, I'm not really thinking about my legs and what they're doing. And, and so, you know, I've realized that, uh, you know, that process, and he's already a client, but in a sense, I'm continuing to what? Help him understand that um, I have a different way of thinking about how he experiences and coming to understand how he experiences um, exercise and what it is. And I'm trying to understand what it is for him. And he's uh, understanding now what it is for me and how I can help him experience exercise in a completely different way and get him to um, where he wants to go with exercise uh, in a less arbitrary and random way. Because these, these exercise programs are pretty arbitrary, pretty random. So how much, what exercises, what order, um, how many, what the sets are. Uh, what the loads are I, completely, completely random. And what was interesting was while we were there, the actual strength conditioning coach that wrote the program came in and um, started to kind of talk to us and interact with him a little bit. And I guess he was watching him do the back squat with the rubber bands. And, and he said uh, he was going to go ahead and put 35 pounds on each side. And he said, no, 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 put 45s on there. Right. And I'm like, okay, why is he putting 45s on there? Right. Um, and it was just a random choice um, with really no um, um, specifically assessed or more objective reason why he should put 45s on versus, you know, 35s, considering this was the very first time uh, he had ever attempted to back squat with rubber bands pulling down on the bar. Right. Um, and so it just struck me again how just kind of random and arbitrary and the string coach really had no interest in in his sensations and what he was physically experiencing during the process mm -hmm. um, it was just do it right uh, and so you know he is now understanding my clients understanding oh, wait a second um, really what is coaching <laughs> what is what is a professional relationship like and and how does the process of communication between the two of us, continue to, I guess, build value, which is what sales processes can be about, um, so that he understands Greg's a guy professionally I want to stay connected with mm. as I pursue my athletic career. Um, and so in a sense, I'm selling him if you want to, or he's buying this, this, this professional way I'm interacting with him. Well, it sounds there's a big difference between uh, an Excel doc in an empty room to, to someone who's actually willing to go to another facility and see how he's doing 
outside of your own facility in, in order to make sure that um, that those expectations and the relationship is headed in the right direction. Because what was really interesting was before I never really thought of sales as not only the um, the expectations, but also the framing of the entire relationship. Yes, that's that's uh, the key part. That's why the the initial these initial interactions with the stranger. Um, are so fundamentally important. You're pouring, you're really pouring the cornerstone for the entire foundation of the relationship. That that is really what that process is. Sales is not about convincing someone, you know, to give you their money for something, um, so that you get money right, and you get paid, and and they maybe get something that you know hopefully they they want or or like. Right. That's that's not the way I think about selling at all. Um, it's not convincing somebody. Um, or um, filling a sales quota or me getting paid necessarily. The, the financial part is really incidental or comes with the process of, of being authentically and genuinely curious about what this person is, is saying and needing, um, helping them understand and clarify what they really want and need because maybe they haven't really worked that out uh, necessarily uh, out loud at least. Um, and then seeing if, you know, what I do and what I offer is even close to a fit to that. Mm. Um, and so selling is interviewing to a decision. Hmm. Sounds like genuinely caring about another human being is a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal. Right. And people know this people, you know, we have our spidey senses. We pick up very quickly, whether people care about us or not through the language, through our body language, through our verbals, um, through our attention, uh, they pick up on it pretty, pretty quick. Uh, and, and so, yes, um, showing someone, you know, that you care, you know, even at a professional level, um, is an important ingredient into the process of meeting a stranger and moving towards a decision, whether or not you should even be in a professional relationship. Mm. No. One thing that um, really stood out to me um, within the muscle system specialist course for sales, the sales portion, um, was the 30 second commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that, that's a great idea. It came from uh, Sandler, uh, David Sandler, and the work he did at, at, uh, at the Sandler Sales Institute. And I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's, it's constructed from transactional analysis mm. uh, and, and the way that that particular model of how personality is created and developed over time um, works. Um, but it it's similar to the elevator pitch idea, right? Where you need to come up with something when someone asks you, what do you do? Or how can you help me? Um, and you only have so much time, um, especially in our modern day where tension spans are 15 seconds often, right? 20 seconds, if you can't get somebody's attention, uh, they're they're scrolling through, right? I mean, it's pretty fast, um, but it's very difficult because I asked, you know, various exercise professionals of whatever titles and disciplines, personal trainers, strength conditioning specialists, physical therapists, um, strength coaches, you know, whatever your title is, you know, what do you tell people you do when they ask you, right? Mm. And, and they know, and just about every case, they know that 
you know, trying to describe technically what you do is a loser every, every time they just know, but they don't know what else to say. <laughs> like, what do you do? Uh, I'm a strength conditioning coach and I work with athletes and we teach them plyometrics and how to be explosive and use their muscles to increase their performance. And you get into this description and the person you're talking to, (laughs) you know, pretty, pretty eyes glazing over eyes just completely glazing over because it has nothing to do with them. And, and, uh, you know, this isn't necessarily uh, a, a knock on human nature, but, you know, we're selfish. We're very interested in, us right and what benefits us me and and what's important to me and what do i need right and and uh and that's okay I, you know we we need to we need to take care of ourselves and so unless unless what you say is directed towards that other person in a, in a very personal intimate way um they don't care what you're saying for or they're just curious and it was like oh that's interesting your strength conditioning spells okay that's great you know uh, um, and so the 30 seconds how does anyone even know what a strength and conditioning professional they, is they don't yeah they don't they don't know right so um what really you know gets people's attention in the short term is emotion right and we're not trying to pander to their emotion this isn't propagandizing to you know, further some kind of narrative um, to, to, to manipulate people. But emotion is a very important part of decision-making. Now, um, in, in decision science, we talk about how to marry these two ideas. You know, we need the logic and the intellect um, and the emotional, psychological part of that, you know, to be connected. Um, and that's an ethical sale versus what we call hooking you know, uh, uh, the ego state or the emotion, just hooking the emotion only when you, when you get people to make decisions uh, or people make decisions solely on emotion, um, that usually ends up in buyer's remorse because at some point their logical, rational side kicks in and says, what was I thinking? Yeah, what just happened? Why did, I, why did I do that? You know, I mean, I can't really afford that or I'm leaving two weeks for six months or I, I can't commit to that. And then, you know, they, they want their credit card, you know, charged back or they want, and they are going to return the thing. Right. And so we're trying to avoid all that stuff, but emotions key. So the 30 second commercial long story short is designed to um, throw out some, some emotional bait to see whether or not there actually is uh, an emotional connection to something about in case of an exercise professional, their physical existence. Um, that's a problem for them hmm. because when, when people have problems, they want solutions. You know, they want something to solve the problem. And so, um, if you can access that in real time, in the present, right now, with somebody, uh, you have a much better chance at continuing the conversation. Uh, you know, towards one where you finally introduce your professional services. So um, that's what the thirty-second commercial um, kind of philosophically is is based on. Um, how do we get an emotional response um, based on, you know, whatever I do professionally that's relevant to this person. In this case, something physical, weight loss, pain in their shoulder, right? Athletic performance, whatever it is. Well, that's, that's what's so interesting about this 30 second commercial process. And, and that's what, that's what I'm hoping people can take away from this episode is this idea that meeting more humans so that you can actually have a sales process 
is in, in, um, in, in a way where you can frame the professional relationship is, is a great start. And um, so how would someone go about constructing that 30 second commercial? Yeah. Well, we, there's some rules associated with it, right? Um, you know, the most common question I would bet that humans ask each other at some point, you know, strangers that meet, um, is they ask what? What do you do? Right? What do you do? Right? And, and so we identify each other. Humans have a tendency to categorize everything. Um, and that's fine. It makes complex data easier to manage, but can lead to categorical thinking errors. Uh, but uh, when, when someone asks you what you do, right, sometimes that is just simply, you know, the civil thing to do. I, that's just, you know, I'm a nice person and this is what nice people ask other people, right? What do you do? Um, sometimes they're really curious, you know, they're interested in what you do from an occupational perspective. Um, now, when you ask somebody what you do, this is the danger point now, because if you don't have a a way of structuring a response, you're going to be stuck saying, you know, I'm a physical therapist and, uh, you know, I, I work on people's, you know, pain and suffering and I apply ice and neuromuscular reeducation and, you know, kinetic activity, right. And, you know, what are you, you know, what are you going to, what are you going to say? Right. The same old, uh, same old role, same old, same old stuff. Right. So um, one of our rules is we work second. We want to find out what they do first, right? Because once we find out what they do, um, we can start to, you know, connect conversationally and strategically to maybe some problems that they might be having with their body or some needs that they might have um, that's relevant to what an exercise professional does uh, in whatever context that is. So, so we always work second, even if someone asks you first and they beat you to the punch, you're going to say, that's funny. I was going to ask you what you did. And you're going to find that they're probably going to tell you, right? Hmm. Um, because of the reflexive way we're trained as children to answer questions uh, immediately when, when asked. Uh, that's a difficult thing to overcome. So we work second. Um, uh, another rule is that we don't use our company name, right? That That's just the biggest red flag when you meet somebody and say, hi, my name is Greg Mack from exercise professional education. Right. You know, what do you sound like right away? You know, you're starting to sound like what salespeople sound like and, and people know what salespeople sound like. They know what salespeople smell like. They know that categorization look again. like they know. Yeah. Right. And so if you start to even sound, smell and look like that, their radar goes up. Oh, this guy's going to sell me something. This gal's trying to work me. And it's over. The defense shields are up, and you're you're not going to get it very far. And so we're trying to keep that from happening. So we don't use company names, uh, first name only. My name's Greg. <laughs> That's my name, right? You don't use your last name because no one remembers last names the first time you tell them anyway, right? Really, mm -hmm. few people do. Um, and then you want to ask them about what they do and get a little background, right? Get some backstory in their occupation, um, and then you need to start coming up with some ideas about hmm, what's it like, you know, to be an engineer, to be a lawyer, to be a baker, to be a housewife, to be a house husband, to be, you know, whatever it is. And what that, what's that lifestyle like and what would be some of the emotional and physical concerns. And so we build certain sentences based on occupation, the stressors of that occupation and the hazards, um, physical, uh, even mental or emotional hazards, of, of that. And so we build sentences based on kind of that formula. 
um, that are very kind of targeted to that person. So this is a very personal delivery. Um, uh, that's why we're working second, because I'm speaking to them in their occupation. And make no mistake, people's occupations are very personal to, the, to them. In fact, sometimes their entire self-esteem and their personality identities are what they do. Right? Hmm. And so <clears throat> you've got to be pretty quick on your feet. This is improv um, with some structure. And uh, so we're going to say, I work with people like you, um, Keith, who, and if you were, you know, a lawyer, you know, I'm thinking lawyers read a lot and they probably are stressful and they got deadlines, right? Um, and they probably overwork, right? There might be some of that. They don't have time to take care of themselves, right? And so we're going to build some sentences we call bait um, to uh, see whether or not any of these emotions and physical issues might exist for this lawyer, right? So I would say, well, I work with lawyers like you um, who are just flat out stressed to the max and um, they don't sleep well. And they might have a lot of uh, problems physically with um, their back or their hips or their shoulders or their neck because uh, they work 80, 90 hours a week sitting and reading all day. Um, and they're afraid that uh, because they're not able to take care of themselves, um, they're going to pay a long-term price health-wise. Um, and then I ask them whether or not they have something like that. Is that, is that a problem for you, anything like that? And it either is or it isn't. Um, they're either going to say, oh, yeah, you, know, you just described my life, right? Um, or they're going to go, no, I'm fine. You know, I control my schedule great. And uh, I limit my work and I work out three times a week, right? And they, okay, they're fine. Why would they need you? Mm. They don't need you, right? Um, because uh, really, uh, anytime someone is um, seeking to buy something, um, it's it's to solve some kind of problem or satisfy some kind of emotional need. That's why they're buying something. Um, and so whether it's big or small, I don't know. I don't know if it's a big problem or a big need or a little one, but I'm going to find out here. Uh, and, and when you have larger problems, um, people will um, be more interested in finding solutions and usually more willing to uh, pay for those solutions, right? Mm. So uh, ultimately, um, so if that's not the case uh, in a conversation, then it's over. Yeah. So yeah. You're, again, I'm not here to try to again convince, cajole, or or make somebody think they should hire me. Right? That's not what, what I'm trying to do. That's what people hate about salespeople and sales process. It's all that sales pressure. No, you yeah. really need me. You you gotta. There's gotta be something wrong with you. You you you're, you need someone like me in your life. You need to buy this. You need to buy that. People don't like that very much. And I love the the idea that. Um... What I, what I like about this process is the, the idea that people can, number one, just flat out say, well, no, I'm okay, I'm okay. And when, when you talked about different techniques like reverses and negative reverses is, is the idea of being on the, on the no side, so you give people a way out, so they feel like there's plenty of room to, to, to get out of the conversation that they are initiating that next response, which I, which I, I love. And that's that the, the rest of the sales process that, um, that you cover 
at uh, exerciseproed.com um, for the muscle assistant specialist and the the I believe you have a sales course that's ethical, yeah. ethical selling or interviewing for exercise professionals. Yeah. Just just phenomenal courses in 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 a, in a different way to be able to take that initial conversation into a specific sales process that allows you to actually align yourself ethically and set up what you're even doing in that professional relationship with that person is yeah that, yeah that come that comes second right so the whole idea when you first talk to somebody is to figure out whether or not you should talk to them anymore right so the system's designed to help save your time um you're probably one of your most valuable resources and, and their time i'm not here to waste their time either but you know let's figure out very quickly whether or not we should keep going right so every part of these of these transactions are simply stacked decisions right you know decision yes or no you may need what i what i do no mm. great nice to meet you maybe i'll see you around you know kroger's or something sometime um or oh you might need what i do oh okay well then let's make a decision now together whether we should meet to talk about this more in more detail okay and then when you mean hand, hand, hand them your card no there's no business cards yeah we don't hand business cards because they end up in the trash can and um, they're very expensive that way. So it's unnecessary. Um, everybody I know um, so far in the world that I've met has one of these, right? They have a cell phone and there's calendars on it. Their phone number's in it, their email's in it, they're in yours, it's all there, right? So you gotta pull this thing out and say, you know, I can give you a call, what's your number, right? Or what's your email? So very easy. Business cards end up in the trash. Um, so we don't have business cards. Um, that's fantastic. That's yeah, absolutely so, fantastic. And, so, and this whole process um, continues to, I continue to, to review and practice uh, the sales process in, in, in a way that works for me because of what I love about the process is the idea that finding out how you deliver your own sales process is such a big part of this rather than being um, just a, a carbon copy of somebody else. Um, to, to make sure that I feel comfortable in the way that uh, I can deliver uh, de deliver a professional relationship or ask for an invite for a professional relationship for another another person to see if it if it fits uh, with this episode um, we're putting together a PDF of the 30 second commercial framework and if you want to know more about um, the sales process that uh, Greg Mack is teaching over at exerciseproed.com. We'll put a link directly into the show notes um, for that. And um, we'll put a link to contact directly with Greg Mack in the show notes as well. If you wanna take a conversation further about his ethical selling class um, or the muscle system specialist course. Sounds great. Thanks for sharing your time with me today. I know you're a busy man. I look forward to catching up with you soon, Greg. Great, that'll be fun. I look forward to it, thanks.